A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, everyone. I'm, well, it's obvious. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author, and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Units spanned my time in general duties, forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home. This season we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes and looking at what happened there. From Snowtown to the family, from the Morehouse murders to haunted highways, this season of Loose Units is your go-to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. A couple of weeks ago, listeners, Dad sent me an article about some murders that had happened in Long Island uh, in the States. And I, at the same time, had been looking at a couple of uh, true crime people who I follow on Instagram who've been talking about these murders that I'd never heard about, uh, the Gilgo Beach serial killings. I didn't realize that they were linked, but basically, they've been... Many, many bodies, 11 bodies found while searching for someone who disappeared back in 2010. Um, And the search was undertaken by the Suffolk County Police. I know that lots of you have been telling us to take a look at this case. It is so in the zeitgeist right now. I don't think since Jack the Ripper has there been such a uh, convergence of sort of homemade sleuthing. I mean, Dad, people are obsessed with this case. It is a long, painful, strange story that's taken place in a really odd stretch of land. I mean, I'm looking through these archival photos of where these bodies were found, and it is just... Dad, this is this is absolutely terrifying stuff. And I, uh, I've often said that great minds think alike, but the fact that we both sort of agreed to talk about this case and begin a delve into the Long Island serial killer uh, independently of each other, I think speaks volumes. Mm. But I thought what we do is start uh, in a sort of odd, unexpected place and actually start where the police started. Because oftentimes these things are stumbled upon quite by accident and that's what happened here. So what I thought we'd do is start with the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert, who was an escort who, as with uh, many of the other victims found, and we'll get to them later, was advertising her services on Craigslist. Now, when I say Craigslist, I actually mean Craigslist. So that's how we pronounce it here. But Craigslist is basically a 
it's kind of like Gumtree. It's like a forum. You basically put out wanted ads. It's a fairly, as I understand it, unmoderated place where you can advertise, you know, um, dog walking or want to sell a cabinet or I want to, you know, all these odd things. So it became a bit of a haven for sex workers who wanted to advertise their services. And without giving too much away, Craigslist does become sort of an important point in this case. Is that correct? Mm, very much so. And of course, there's always a demand for service. These these platforms, their mm. sole aim is to put someone that wants something together with someone that is prepared to give it. And I mean, sex work is relatively, I think it's quite dangerous because in effect what you're doing is you are agreeing and let's remember that it's not just a female-male situation. It can be male-male, of course it can be female-female, but the most common statistically um, combination is men seeking the services of women. And... So the, the woman involved, not particularly in, this, in terms of the women in this case, but just generically speaking, they provide a mobile phone number yep. and they may or may not on Craigslist mention uh, you know, the rates, the hourly rates, the nightly rates, the daily rates, etc. But it's still a very scary thing because if you look at the ages, the average age of these people is in their early 20s and they they organize they talk to the person initially and i guess they get a certain vibe in, in that initial conversation and okay. in this particular set of incredible stories that we're going to delve into paul um you're, you're dead right. This particular person, Shannon Gilbert, mm. is the, the trigger point. She is the person that enables us with an imaginary drawing pin to place the pin at a particular point in time, at a particular location. Mm-hmm. And through an extraordinary set of circumstances, the... Well, I guess, Paul, you should take over at this point and because you've actually, you told me off air that yeah. I found very disturbing, uh, very terribly sad and depressing and I don't really know whether I, I'm up to listening to it but for the sake of our dear listeners, you managed to hear um, a phone call that yeah. Sh- Shannon made that's just been released for more than 10 years... The family wanted this call to be released and it took more than 10 years for a judge to finally say that it could be released. Um, And obviously it has been because you heard it. Um, Whether or not people want to listen to that call, that's entirely up to them. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've done very well, in my opinion, Paul, insofar as you've chosen a particular story that is going to inadvertently lead to a set of events that, quite frankly, it's happening in real time. Yeah. And 
I think it's very important at this juncture, Paul, to, to at least uh, discuss a caveat on this entire series we're doing um, in relation to, you know, what's transpired in the last few days is that, you know, no one has been, there has not been a court case in terms of guilt or innocence. Oh, there's it's been no trial. Nothing. It's very, very important. This is this case is it's so. Right it's happening now, but it's so big. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's so big that what's happening is that in this particular person's hometown, mm-hmm. people are coming in. It reminds me. Oh, of the Snowtown thing, right? With yes, the... but but people are coming in, but it's bigger than that. It's, it's dark tourism, is what we call it, right? Yeah, it's it's so yeah. big. You can't park within miles of the house. You can't get a parking spot. People are coming in to see where this particular suspect, not offender, anyway, look down the track, of course. Oh, shit. We'll get into yeah, that. We'll but get I, to that. If we, re- if we rewind in time and head back to the uh, POV of Shannon Gilbert, who, when she was about 20 basically wanted to make it in the entertainment industry. A lot of news articles have described her as an aspiring actress, uh, but she also wanted to get into singing. uh, And she signed up as an escort. She was, by the way, she was one of four daughters. And her mother, Marie Gilbert, that Marie Gilbert, remember that name. Marie is very important. So Marie was a massive advocate for obviously trying to find her daughter. She was spearheading the campaign to find her daughter. Shannon uh, was bipolar, was off her meds, um, ended up as a waitress, I think, and then moved to New Jersey. And she was an escort. She was, she had a bit of a rough time. At one point, she was involved in an assault, as in she was assaulted, and she actually needed to get a plate put into her jaw made of titanium. To that's how badly she was beaten. So, she starts posting ads on Craigslist or Craigslist or whatever, and she has a driver who takes a cut of the fee, right? Uh, which is also smart security-wise. Effectively, that means she's got somebody there at the internet to pick her up. She had a bit of a drug problem, but she was, I think, doing okay. I believe she had a boyfriend at the time as well. Uh, She was trying to take uh, online classes um, to basically, I think, get out of sex work. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, She was, you know, she had a pretty decent social circle. She was quite well-liked, but she did have some problems her mum was trying to talk her. Her mum, Marie, was trying to talk her out of the uh, out of sex work. Everything kind of kicks off, and this story really begins on May the 1st, 2010, okay? Mm. So there's a gated community um, called Oak Beach, and there's a guy called Joseph Brewer, and he finds Shannon's ad on Craigslist, right, mm. uh, for her services. So he tells her he's having a party at his place, and uh, he asks her to come over. Now, 2 a.m. on May the 1st, uh, that's when uh, Shannon Gilbert arrives at his house. Now, Dad, I mentioned driver. Uh, Shannon's driver is a guy called Michael Pack. He's going to become very, very important later on. Michael Pack uh, drives Shannon to Oak Beach. And uh, Shannon heads inside uh, Brewer's house. Pack stays outside. Uh, this is at 2 a.m. Now, Joseph Brewer, the man who's actually called for Shannon, he's 46 years old. He's a financial advisor. He's not working at the moment. Uh, He's just gone through, I think he's in the process of a divorce at this point. 
Um, he's uh, called up the ad on Craigslist. Uh, it should be noted that most of what we get on this uh, night comes from the driver, Michael Pack. Okay, now mm. Shannon's worked with him before, so she knows him. It's not like he's a stranger that she's employed. They have an existing relationship. Pack drops Shannon off at the house, waits in his SUV, is kind of dicking around on his phone, you know, just waiting. At about 5 a.m., Brewer leaves the house, comes over to the SUV and asks Pack to help him out because Shannon is losing it inside. So Pack and Brewer head inside and they find Shannon and she's on the phone. Now, this is what's happened here. Shannon at some point, uh, and toxicology reports uh, later on say that I believe she wasn't actually on drugs at this point, but the the assumption and the assertion from the local police uh, and from a few other people who were there on the night was that she was very high and very confused. But she at this point has been on the phone to 911, um, a phone call that started at, I believe, 4.51 a.m. So she's on the phone with the 911 dispatcher for 23 straight minutes, okay? Mm. Now, if you listen back to the call, which is something I did this morning, which is not something I would necessarily recommend. It is really confusing and distressing. But in the background, you can hear two men telling her to calm down. At first, they don't sound particularly... I don't know. I I almost want you to listen at some point so you can give me a read on what you think. Yeah, but the dispatcher repeatedly and quite calmly asks who she is, where she is, um, she says she doesn't know where she is, which I guess checks out because Pack drove her there, mm. um, you know. But she keeps saying that she's in danger. Uh, she says, um, they're trying to kill me, trying to kill me. Uh, what are you doing? And every time the guys try and coax her away from the phone, um, she's she does seem a little out of it. But then what happens is Pack leaves the house, heads back into the SUV and waits. And according to Pack's testimony, a couple of minutes after that, she then runs out of the house, falls down the stairs, and just bolts down the road. Mm-hmm. He says that he tried following her, but she was just freaking out, running. Um, then another person enters the scene, a 75-year-old uh, called Gustav Coletti. He's up already, and he hears a knocking on his door, right? And it turns out it's her. So she's run up to his house banging on the door he opens it she runs inside she's like i'm in danger i'm in danger she starts telling him the same kind of stuff she was telling the dispatch on that 23 minute call so coletti's like i'm I'll, I'll call the cops but she tells him not to call the cops which doesn't make a lot of sense to me then she runs out again pack gets to the house she's gone by this point and then pack says he spends i think an hour driving around looking for her and then giving up heading back the police arrive as the sun's rising uh, about 45 minutes after Coletti has called the police because he does end up calling the police, right? Mm. And they find footprints heading out to Gilgo Beach, which is where a lot of this stuff takes place, mm. okay? The police obviously search Brewer's house because that's where things happened. Uh, they question him, they question Pack, they question everyone, they do a big canvas and they agree that uh, he's not... Uh, a person of interest. Mm. Things get very woolly here. I'd read that Pack and Brewer said that they were given a polygraph uh, that they tested negative to, but the police won't comment on that. Now, this is where things get very interesting, although I should just quickly point out that um, Marie, uh, Shannon's mum, right, 
Mm. pushing really, really hard for the search for a daughter, obviously. Marie goes on to campaign for many, many years uh, for her daughter, right? Mm. Um, Marie has three other daughters, yeah? Mm. Shannon's one of four daughters. Shannon, as I mentioned before, had uh, bipolar and she was apparently off her meds. I'm not saying that explains anything. I'm just chucking it in as a fact, okay? Mm. Yeah. But there is another daughter, Sarah, um, Marie's third daughter, who um, had a breakdown, which given the stress of the case is yeah. perhaps evident. Mm. Yeah. Um, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia later on. And uh, I'm going to read from a piece in The Cut here. On the morning of July 23rd, 2016, Sarah, after a sleepless night, texted her sister to say she was hearing voices again. Unwilling to go back to the hospital, Sarah decided to call Marie, who she said was coming right over. Uh, now, what happened after that was... Sarah took a kitchen knife, which she had hidden, and stabbed her mother multiple times and uh, killed her. Bloody hell. She then picked up a fire extinguisher and, um, uh, and it says here, I'm gonna, just going to quote, used a fire extinguisher to strike her mother in the head multiple times before spraying it into Marie's mouth. There were 227 stab wounds on the body, Fuck. many of them defensive wounds. So after years, after years of Marie campaigning for and like just being an absolute champion of trying to get to the bottom of the disappearance and she suspected murder of her daughter, Shannon, who we've been talking about, who mm. went missing on Golgo Beach. One of her other daughters snapped and killed her in a incredibly grotesque way. I d they said it was a crime of passion. They said uh, potentially drugs, uh, possibly resentment built up after many, many years of this investigation going on. But it's it's so unbelievable. I find <clears throat> I find it so distressing that mm. this this poor woman had this mm. thing happen. But we need to wind back now because after Shannon goes missing on this beach on December eleventh, twenty ten, a policeman called John Malia. Uh, has a cadaver dog and they start searching the area. Now, a cadaver dog is... Uh, what is a cadaver dog exactly, Dad? And how do they train these things? Do you have any idea? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, <clears throat> you know how we've got these body farms? Oh. And, hey? What's a body farm? Paul, are they, where people, before they die, they you know how you can decide to give up your body to to donate your body to an institution well if you're in sydney you can donate your body to the body bank which is a place like a body farm Mm -hmm. and they just it's a property i don't think many people would know where it is for obvious reasons it's clearly not in the in the cbd so it'd be well out of sydney high high security and they simply get bodies whole bodies mm-hmm. um and they bury them and they bury them at different depths in different sort of soil mixtures and you know they might have a dry area a wet area a moist area a dark area a light area you know one in the sun one in the shade um and they simply um you know they examine the bodies as they as they degenerate or, you know, they decompose and it gives them incredible scientific and invaluable forensic evidence so that when they do in real life turn up a body, they can determine at least potentially how long it has been sort of buried, for example. So it's quite fascinating. Um, So I'm just wondering, and I don't know, but if there's anyone out there that can help us here, a cadaver dog may well be taken out and gets a sense of the odour emitted from a decomposing body. I don't know whether all decomposing bodies, or including animals, emit the same smell, something Mm -hmm. we can look into. But there was this police officer, and he's doing a sort of a training exercise. He, he He would be assigned a particular cadaver dog, Mm-hmm. And he's out one day just doing an exercise, training. And what do you think his dog turns up with? Well, he's in the area where Gilbert was seen. Yes. So my assumption would be he would find Gilbert. Um, that is not what he finds, is it? No, Paul. Tell us what he finds. So he finds the heavily decomposed remains of a woman mm. um, in a sack yep. about 45 miles east of New York. All of this is taking place east of New York. This, uh, this area is extremely beautiful, but it is like long stretches of beach and marsh. Yes. It's a very odd area. It is odd. And now the police obviously are like, oh, okay, well, uh, there's a body. So they expand the search and... Two days later, they find three more bodies. So in the search for Gilbert or Hannah Gilbert, 
Mm. They have found four bodies within two days. And this is on December the 13th, 2010, okay? Mm. All the bodies are within about 500 feet of each other. Uh, Given the varying stages of decomposition, they've all clearly been killed at different time periods and then dumped in roughly the same area. All of them were sex workers who had gone missing and all of them had either advertised their services on Craigslist uh, or a website called Backpage. And Mm. at this point, the police are assuming that what's happening is that the killer is calling them out for their services, luring them in, killing them, and then disposing of their bodies uh, on this roadway, which is kind of a beachfront area, right? Um, And all four of them were strangled. Mm. But Paul, Paul, slight problem here for the police. Are you aware that there were three other serial killers operating in that exact area in the preceding years. Did you know that? Yep, three. And the combined known total of people murdered is well into the 20s. Extraordinary. So the area was already infamous. Now, I've looked at the photographs where these bodies were found mm-hmm. and it, it because we've done so many stories over the years there were some similarities that stuck out very blatantly to me one of them do you recall the case the very famous case we did of the 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 woman who was found remember that one back in the 1930s that was connected with hollywood and she Oh yes, on the yes, absolutely they found her in a car in the garage. Yes. No, 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 not that one. The one oh. where where the body was found in the vacant allotment. Wait, do you mean the fucking Black Dahlia? Yes. Remember right. that? Yes. And and she had it was so bad. They'd removed the intestines. But you and I were always troubled by the fact that it was there was no real concealment of her. But it was in such an area that there was no protective sort of means. If you were just driving along with a body in your boot, you're mm-hmm. pulling up on a stretch of road. There's, there's no, there are no trees. There's nothing to protect you. The only thing I can imagine is that you've got a very, very good field of vision. That's your only positive. So to see if anyone's coming while you're doing it, right? Correct. So if it's at night time, you are going to get the distant headlight, Mm -hmm. um, you know, effect coming from either direction. The the process of actually pulling up. Now, bearing in mind that these bodies were all wrapped, you've described it as burlap. Burlap is in Australia we call that hessian. So basically, the stuff that sacks are made of. And so that was sort of one of the the common threads used. So I'm thinking that the whole process could quite easily be done in a matter of, because the adrenaline would be pumping. They're not being buried. And it's very clever using burlap or hessian. One of the, I don't know whether the offender had this in mind, but it is so easy to camouflage anything mm. by just wrapping it up in a sack. Because the sack is... Can I? Yes? I was just going to say, 
I've actually found the article from December 13th, 2010 in the New York Times. So this is the article released the day that the other bodies were found. So this is how people reading the paper who had no idea of what was about to begin in the national kind of spotlight. Mm -hmm. This is how it was talked about. Four bodies found along a Suffolk road. That's the headline. The police in Suffolk County have discovered four bodies over the past three days along Ocean Parkway in Oak Beach. The remains were found between Cedar Beach and Gilgo Beach on the north end of Jones Beach Island. The first body, described in a statement as skeletal remains, was found on Saturday afternoon by a police officer from the canine unit. The officer was conducting a training exercise near where a person had been reported missing earlier this year. The police said they had been searching the area in connection with the disappearance this year of a prostitute, Shannon Gilbert, 24, of New Jersey. Three more bodies were found on Monday while the police were searching the scene for evidence connected to the first body. The bodies were spread over about a quarter mile, each roughly 500 feet apart, and had been there for at least a month, a spokesman for the police said. The spokesman said he did not know if one of the bodies was that of Miss Gilbert. None of the bodies have been identified. The police said that the investigation was continuing. So that's how this starts, right? Hmm. They've, got, they've got four bodies in various states of decomposition. They are all in a central area. They don't know whether it's connected to Hannah Gilbert or not. But as I said before, Dad, the weight and the heft and the emotion uh, conducted behind the search and uh, her mother pushing so hard led to added pressure, which probably meant that the police were far more... They already had their eye on that area, right? Mm. And the national spotlight, people were watching that area more keenly. So I think it's fair to say that the pressure Maria was putting on the police did kind of make... It ensured that there was a degree of attention paid to these women's killings, and maybe this helped in some way. But I find it so deeply, cosmically tragic that her other daughter killed her several years later. I just find that so sad. Mm, um, agree. And I had no idea I, I had no idea about any of this. But the New York Post released a kind of a very clickbaity headline about a week ago with the names of the Golgo Four. Mm. Uh, by the way, the, the Golgo Island Four or the Golgo Four are the, are the four women who were found on that day. Okay, those four within 500 uh, yards of each other, those are the primary victims as far as the prosecutors are concerned. But as we will find out next week, there are many more victims and frankly, this case is just getting started because we haven't talked about any of these victims the ways in which they are found their backstories we haven't talked about the giant the jane does we haven't talked about the the child that was found we haven't talked about any of the suspects and we have not certainly talked about the suspect who is now in custody and who has been referred to independently by law enforcement as a monster mm. dad this case is gargantuan and Agreed. i cannot stress this enough we are going to do be we're going to tread very carefully mm. and paul just as a very very small micro teaser for everyone and yourself included because you may not know what I'm about to say but one okay. of the victims found in that location was a male did you know that I did not know that and that completely threw me an Asian male because I then I thought well hang on that's clearly you know it doesn't seem to be related but then after doing some in sort of some fairly deep um, you know, research, I found out that that male was in fact dressed in females' clothing. But also, get ready for this, they've also found with, with one of the uh, victims, 
mm-hmm. uh, a baby. The thing is, it's it's absolutely, utterly fascinating. As you say, you know, who knows? Between now and next week, Paul, we may have some some uh, more information because there's more a updates, yeah. there's a something quite important happening on the first of August as well in in oh. New York in relation to the court case. The you know the the, the bail hearing, etc. The um, should we mention that the that the defence counsel mm-hmm. for the alleged perpetrator yes. has publicly stated that mm-hmm. the circumstantial evidence is very flimsy, to which I utterly disagree with. Imagine, look, there's so much to to talk about. Yeah, we're really going to get into it, folks. This is going to be a big one. I really want all of you to weigh in though so if you could head across to our facebook discussion group post your theories post your sources for example this morning dad and i were reading the bail documents for the uh for the suspect like an actual just sitting on google drive it's all it's public record there's maps it's 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 crazy how i remember um people saying that the vietnam war was the war that uh, played out in people's living rooms this case because of the level of documentation and technological know-how and how online everyone is at this point it's like everyone's got this level of crime literacy right now which sometimes means that yes as you mentioned up top dad you have people engaging in some fairly scurrilous dark tourism but on the other hand you have access to an incredible wealth of resources and it's those resources that dad and i are going to attempt to peruse as thoroughly as possible so that we can weigh in with a little bit of maybe authority if not um Hopefully you'll come along with us on this ride because it's going to be the next couple of weeks we're going to be looking at this. And at the end of the week, you'll hear a loose ends where dad talks about a crime that's happened in Sydney which he and mum have a very strange connection to. So it's a really, really big week here on Loose Units and Loose Units, The Shadow Files. But we really appreciate you spending this time with us and we hope you'll join us again at the tail end of the week. In the meantime, have a good week, everybody. And we will see you soon for more Loose Units. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.